I guess we'll get started. This uh, scary. She... What, George? This is scary. <laughs> the different what? hosts. I don't know what to do. I think I've done it twice now. She's... So every time I hate it, but I didn't. I was joking. I told Gary I'd lead this up, and I didn't know he. <laughs> taking me seriously yeah. so i'm like okay <laughs> i will quickly hand over the keys to anybody who wants them but it'll be fine i don't know i gotta remember the intro real quick hold on oh boy ah oh, shoot <laughs> gary i'm all off <laughs> uh, would you like well, me to do the intro part and then you can just take over from there i could do the intro all right i'm starting Hey, Toy Family. Welcome. Oh, God, that was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so we should definitely use that for the intro. Oh, yes, for sure. I've got Bailey here. You don't understand how terrible. Like, I'm trying so hard. Okay. I don't want to do the intro, Gary. Will you do the intro? <laughs> hey, Toy Family. Welcome to the Marshamp Toy Hour, where we discuss anything and everything designer toys. I'm Gary Ham. I'm Teresa Hawkins. I'm George Gaspar. Your show, Teresa. I know. Thank you for doing the intro. <laughs> well, the uh, our listeners don't realize that it's been a bit of an eventful evening for me right up before this record because I had a transformer blow down the street. So I'm sitting here under candle and flashlight recording off my cell phone power. <laughs> like I said, so, if anything is ever going to happen to you, that week is going to happen an hour before record. It's guaranteed. Yep. And I know you, you had like a unplanned event, like right up before this. So yep. you were dashing home and then we were even trying to schedule guests and it was going all over the place. So no, this week has been kind of crazy. Mine was probably worse. It was mandatory happy hour at work. But you realize <laughs> most people probably love that Gary free drinks on the house. Yeah, from maybe. Your employer. Mandatory though. Mm, not necessarily mandatory, but maybe highly suggested and implied. Oh, that sucks. And, you know, it wasn't that bad. It was actually during work hours. It wasn't an after-hours sort of thing. So it was like 4.30 to 6. The last hour and a half of the day, we all went to the local restaurant pub. and It was more of a meant to be like a team building, get to know and mingle with the other departments. And my boss was actually going. And he avoids these social events like the plague. It's something that he never wants to be at. So he said he was going to be there. So it kind of made the rest of us feel like, oh, maybe we should you know, put forth the effort to arrive too. And the thing for me is I knew it was going to be a record night. So I knew I wasn't going to be staying late. Therefore, I'm not going to want to be drinking with everyone. And anytime I never drink at one of these happy hour events, there's always there's always someone there who has to bust my balls about not having alcoholic beverage. In this case, it was no different. I ordered a Sprite and one or two people were giving me harassing me about not having uh, an alcoholic beverage. But on top of that, I was also the first person to leave. And that's always a little awkward. Hey, I'm proud of you for that because I know we're we're the kind of people who don't like to be that first person, and we kind of wait for someone else to go, and we're like, oh yeah, yeah, yes. I gotta go too. <laughs> I, I picked my good moment I'm though. I made a good exit, but okay. I'd much rather write off of someone else's coattails for sure. But George, maybe you you've been the one with the good week. You doesn't sound like you've been having anything crazy going on. Um, sure. I don't know. I don't remember. I was just sculpting. <laughs> George, just doing George. Well, let's go ahead and introduce our guest. Um, I'll keep the intro short and sweet. We've actually got someone returning to the show this week. Um, she actually joined us for a collector's episode last season. And when we talked to her before, we thought it'd be fun to get her back on at some point and chat again. So our guest today is Catherine Park. Welcome back, Kat. Thanks. Good to be back. Yay, Kat's back. Yay. <laughs> 
And my and first was... time with you, so welcome. Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah, George, now you can hear our enthusiasm over cute things. Well, I was listening back to, the, to that episode since I wasn't here and I missed it. You guys have a lot of stuff about cute in it, let me tell you that. I'm, I'm <laughs> excited to see if Teresa's still the same after like a year, if she's still as as bubbly as she was in the beginning. <laughs> that reminds me, I got to keep my cute count tally going. Oh, I know. Well, it's funny. I tried. So we were talking about that episode, Kat, and I was like, oh, I'll try to listen to it too. And I put it on and oh my gosh, it's so awkward going back and re-listening to old episodes. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> it's just weird. Like I hear differences in how I talk and I don't know. It's just weird. I don't know how you feel about it, Gary, but it's, I have to hear you talk every week, and yeah, I don't like it. It's not fun, but I do it. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Gary. All right, I'm not pulling him into the conversation anymore. But um, but yeah, so how have you been, Kat? I think last time we were on, I know we talked about how you travel all the time and all sorts of stuff. You still doing um, working for Google and traveling and all that good stuff? Yeah, I mean, all that's the same. I don't know if much has changed really other than I'm guessing probably since the last time I talked to you my taste in toys might have changed I'm not sure okay well we can start there because that was actually one of the things I was going to ask you because I know when you were on last we talked a lot about how you were really into customs and stuff that was touched by an artist is that still something you're focused on it is, uh, definitely so. I think the mediums of, of how they are have, have probably changed. So I really got into Sofubi over the last year, year and a half. And so nowadays when I'm collecting customs, I'm actually trying to collect custom Sofubi, which is actually much harder than other platforms. For example, like, and I know you love her too, Kanatsu, right? Like yep. she likes to customize a lot of her cats, but those are really hard to get. How are you able to do that, actually? Because I have been following her for the longest time. And I know my plastic cart will have a show sometimes in the States. But other than that, most of her custom shows are overseas. And it seems like if you weren't there or have someone there, it's just impossible to get them. Yeah. So what I've been doing instead is, so I have found that for some shows, she doesn't sell out of all her custom pieces right on the first or second night. Um, and so there's like a very small handful left. And so what I usually do is I go to look at the sites or I email the galleries sort of right away to just sort of see like what they have left. And that's kind of where I've been lucky. Otherwise, I have to buy them on the flipper market, which makes me really sad. Oh, man. See, I know how much they cost retail. These are not cheap pieces. These are custom. So yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what the flipper prices are. Yeah, some of them are really ridiculous. Like, you know, sometimes you'll have like a piece that's maybe like 175, let's say, US dollars, right? And then the flippers will charge 4.99 on eBay. So obviously oh, those I don't go for. I, you know, I have my own limits in terms of what I'm willing to pay for things, but generally if I can find it somewhat close to the retail price or just a slight bit over, I'm usually kind of okay with it. And sometimes what I do is I'll sell off the like non-customed Nagora cats, for instance, because it makes me feel a little bit better that I like sort of swap the pieces instead of just adding more pieces. No, I totally get that. So when you email the galleries, are you emailing in English and they're pretty receptive? Like, so if you say, hey, is this piece still available? They're pretty open to replying and selling it. 
Yeah, generally. I mean, sometimes they don't reply at all, in which case then I just say, okay, fine. But if they <laughs> if they do reply generally, the English is pretty good and generally things work out. So that's kind of nice. But yeah, I mean, obviously nothing is as good as going in person. But then have you seen the photos that some of these galleries post? Like I was thinking of Paradise and Angel Abbey. Sometimes they post the pre-show photos of people waiting out in the queue and it's 50 people and they've clearly been out there for a really long time. Yeah, I have definitely seen that. I follow Angel Abbey. I don't know about Paradise Toys, but it, the cues for all these shows always look crazy to me. Yeah, I and, just can't deal with it. <laughs> yeah, but it's promising to know that reaching out to galleries has worked. I might have to try that. It's just, uh, I'm kind of all over the place. So I'd, I, fi- I would find it hard to be able to spend on customs frequently. But I know that that's more of a focus for you. And I think it's great that you say, hey, I've got this. Now I've got a piece that Kanatsu has painted herself. I don't need the production version of it. I'll go ahead and sell that and just keep the the special one. Yeah. But um, I have to say, I will have to say, though, that I think my collecting has slowed down a lot over the last year. I think part of it is there's just too much stuff. And... I've sort of reached a breaking point. I think the last time I was on the show, I mentioned how I really didn't want to buy any more shelves or, you know, cabinets or anything like that. And that's still true. I still have the same amount that I had the last time I talked to you all. And so you can imagine that it's not like I stopped collecting. So I've had to be very diligent in pruning. (laughs) Pruning, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I noticed you joined the Waffle Group. And I know that's something that we really stopped talking about on the podcast. So... I won't go into too much detail about what it is. It's basically an ability to sell toys through through raffles online and some Facebook groups so that people can bid for a spot at a chance to win this thing. And I noticed you joined the group and have it seems like it's been working for you pretty well because it's been a way for me to help cool down my collection in some cases. So it seems like it's been working for you to help yeah. prune. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, though, that unless, like, you have to go in knowing that you can't sell it at like a markup and sometimes I sell things at a loss and I think it's just because you know for me the space is important you know I've enjoyed it for however period of time so I think of it as like a use cost even though like I probably could get more on like eBay but you know sometimes it's just more fun to do it that way and be with collectors versus just who knows where it goes on eBay yeah I think that's the thing with anything when you sell I mean, some things on our scene hold value, but not everything does. I know that there's, we were, I was actually talking on the last episode, I've got boxes of stuff from my early collecting that I have zero interest in and I've just been sitting and I've got blind box dupes and all sorts of stuff. And it'll probably get to a point where I just get like sell them for cents on the dollar. Like here, just take this stuff and get it out of my house. Yeah. Actually something that I did once, um, I probably won't say his name, but there's one artist that um, I really love who kind of lives nearby. And so I actually had a whole bunch of extra Denny's and I just sent them to him for like nothing, just just for fun, because I know that he makes a lot of customs of them. And so that is also another option too. you know, send it to someone you just really like. That's a good idea. Gary, if I sent you a bunch no. of Denny's, would you act like <laughs> I still, I still old cat one from like four years ago. Yeah, I know the TV. <laughs> yeah, I still it's right here on my desk. Right here on my desk, cat. I'll get, I'll get to it someday. Yeah. That's a lie. Gary, Gary's got 
custom cues that are years old. AP's just chilling in a closet. I don't know what you're doing over there. Hey, I'm, I'm, I've been ready to sell those APs forever until you told me that you think they need to be special, that I can't just sign and number them. And so now <laughs> it's like two years has gone by. And there's, who's yeah, going to buy the, Who's going to buy these things special, now? Though. Well, but, yeah, Kat, Kat agrees. Yeah. Kat, can I put on some red lipstick and just kiss each, each one or something? Yes. Yeah, Perfect. I don't know about that. There might be germs. No one wants that. No one wants angry ham cooties. <laughs> Teresa, how much of the stuff in that box of garbage you want to sell is all the stuff that you were so excited about on the last time Kat was on the show? Ooh. <laughs> oh, very, I'd say very little. This is stuff that's like, it's more like duplicates, George. Like, I'll, I've bought a oh, case of... Box, boxing? Yeah, box, yeah. Uh, like, like I've bought cases of stuff to try to get a full set, but I didn't split it with anyone. So I got duplicates of, like, more than, like, half the characters. And I never sold them. It's more of that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. I can't entirely remember everything. We probably spooned over Cat when we when we talked about a year yeah. ago or so. Things obviously ebb and flow, and I'm sure you're the same way, Cat. Where like things you liked a year ago, you may not have the same love for now, and there's new things you want, so you're willing to maybe sell some of that stuff you've had. Yeah, bring it to Decon and sell it at my booth with me with all the stuff I'm selling like that. I'm yeah. looking forward to George's garage sale at Decon. I'm going to pick up some sweet deals. Things. There's always good deals at my garage sale. <laughs> is, that, is that really what you do, George? So you go through your house and find stuff that you no longer want, and that's what's at your booth? That's what will be there this year, yeah. Are you also going to have stuff that you make, like your little uh, mini vials, guys? Yeah, yeah I'm, still, I'm still making stuff for it, but the mass majority of the booth this year will be a pare down because I need to, I need more room. <laughs> Maybe that's what I need to do. You should... <laughs> or stuff I Jess went through and says she no longer wants in the house. Yeah, that's exactly. possible. Oh, Teresa, last episode you were talking about how do you have a, a bunch of overstock of these Kusa vinyl toys, 30 of them or something like that, and you offered them up to any listeners who were looking for these things. They could reach out and pick them up from you. And then previously before that, you also said that you're potentially looking for a roommate at DesignerCon. Do you ever hear from any listeners on these offers that you throw out to them? I actually did. So uh, someone reached out about sharing a room, and uh, so we're planning to share a hotel, which is great. And then, yeah, someone actually reached out about the mini cells and bought one. So, woo! About oh, one, <laughs> not all of them, huh? No, not all, but one. Hey, hey, I'm happy if someone someone will want them and enjoy them. Happy to sell away. So, host, yeah, it worked. Host your own custom show. You know, I could. So I've got. So do you do you know what those are, Kat? The um, Cuso vinyl mini cells. Yes, know? I actually I have one, and it was I got it at Comic Con. It was a Batman one since I'm a super Batman fan, and I ruined it. I no. Like, okay, so the paint got really. So it was a. I think there were only three of them. They were like you know customs, and um, the paint got tacky. And when I was moving, I had wrapped it in bubble wrap, but I had wrapped the bubble part onto the paint and I didn't realize it. So it looks like someone just took bubble wrap or a sponge and just ran it around all the paint. No. Yeah, it looks pretty terrible. (laughs) That's the problem with customs. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, I mean, you have a lot of customs. Hopefully, you're careful. <laughs> yeah, the rest didn't end up in such a state. Just that one. That one looks so terrible. 
Bummer. So I actually, same same previous boyfriend, I splurged for him and bought a Wolverine custom. And that was the larger Celsius figures. And we're oh. talking like 250 bucks, 300 yeah. bucks. And that, again, I don't know what to do with it. And honestly, I don't expect to get back that money on it. But I spent a lot, and it's it's in good shape. It's like, but I don't know what to do with it. Like, I don't like Wolverine. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's a bummer that your Batman got ruined. So, yeah, I, I guess, Gary, the, 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 the call-outs have helped. I do appreciate people reaching out. I'm, I'm always open to that. And people obviously reach out to talk about the episodes, too, or say they enjoy listening, and I enjoy that as well. So that's why I give out my Instagram handle at the end. <laughs> Before we dig into other stuff, when we were talking about uh, what George is going to have at Decon and all that. So, Kat, I assume you're going to DesignerCon again this year? Um, maybe. I actually have not booked anything. Does that sound bad? It kind of sounds bad. That sounds terrible. You have to go. No, I know. It's just there's just been like a lot going on and I just haven't figured out my schedule. And then also I got disoriented because it's at Anaheim this year. And I don't know that area at all. Like, I'm super comfy with Pasadena. So I'm like, oh, my God. Like, in Pasadena, I had this hotel that I like to stay at. I had this whole routine mapped out. And now in Anaheim, I'm like, I don't know anything. <laughs> We're all in that same it, boat, though. I know. We, when I was trying to figure out where to stay and where to fly in, oh, my gosh. Travel planning is my least favorite thing of a trip. Like, figuring out the hotel you want to stay in and the flight you want to take. But I got it over with because I needed it done. So, hey, can I ask where the hotel's a lot? I've heard rumors that because it's in Anaheim, it's like way more than Pasadena. No. Well, no. So there, there are a few on the DesignerCon website that are like recommended with block discounts and all that. Yeah. But I actually ended up booking something different. And I can't, I don't have internet right now. I just tried to go to the website. Duh, I don't have power. Um <laughs> <laughs> But I was able to find one that was actually a cheaper rate than the discount rates they were offering through the designer con site, through the block uh, discount. Most of the ones I was looking at were in the 130 to 150 range. Oh, that's not bad yeah. at yeah. all. I thought I was well, expecting like $300, $400 because it's Disneyland. Oh, no, that's not the case at all. There's so many hotels in the area. There's really something for every budget. The ones that are tend to be super spendy tend to be like Disneyland Hotel where it's Disneyland adjacent. You're basically sleeping with Mickey and you roll out of bed. You're on a roller coaster. That's expensive, but you can find a decent place for 150 bucks a night. Oh, okay. Good to know. I, you know, I have a feeling that I'll probably end up going, but it'll be a very last minute, like scramble omg and then just show up you're part of broke piggy though aren't you like isn't that something that you do every year at designer con like they only do that one convention yes that is true so you gotta so be I, there then so i should be there yes i just have not gotten my head around planning this but i think most people that travel with me know i'm like this so they're like okay it's oh, fine with broke picky being there whether or not you attend even though you should cat i did see that you're getting ready to do a second shard dunny custom show is that correct yes we are so uh tell me a little bit about that is it a new lineup of artists or same artists as last time 
Um, well, it's actually a larger lineup of artists, and so um, they're different. I mean, there's a, you know a few a few mm-hmm. returning ones, but there's a lot more this time. And some of the sneak peeks, which we haven't yet released, but um, soon we will. Um, you know, looking at them, the pieces are all so amazing, and I'm really excited for the show this year. I feel like it's going to be even more amazing than last time. Of course, I would be a little bit biased to say that, but I think once you all start seeing them, you'll be like, wow. So are, I know that um, Scott has put out the shards in various sizes. So did the artists get to choose their custom size? Are they all varied or are they one specific size? They are of varying sizes. Okay. Um, so that will be something to be, to be seen. I won't reveal who has what. So you'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> <laughs> But there are some in the three inch and then some in, I think it's the five inch and maybe that's, Mm -hmm. that's right. Cool. So when you do these kind of custom shows, do you have to get Kid Robot's blessing? Is Kid Robot making the shards or are they just helping say, yeah, thumbs up, you're good. And someone else is producing them. Uh, so someone else is producing them, but it's a partnership. So Scott and Kid Robot are working on sort of all of these together, right? So like the like designing of it, production of it, they, they're like a team. So um, you know, they every part of it they all know about. So it's not like one person just does whatever they want. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So is there anything else that Broke Piggy is planning that you can sneak peek for us, or is it all under wraps? Um, well, you know, there might be a sneak that I can talk about. So, um, I don't know if you remember, but last year, um, we had some special Uamu. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, this year we will have another series. Um, but this one will be, um, an interesting intersection of Broke Piggy and Scott's design and Ayako, a uh, studio Uamu. So you'll see, you'll see it. Um, but let's just say there's a little bit of Argyle in there. Interesting. Oh, okay. okay. An Argyle Uamu, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I love Uamu stuff. They're um, so great. And they've been doing so many animals. And I know you all had the pig. And then you see them, again, just like the Kanatsu Nagoras, where there's all these customs overseas. And I just have to look at the pictures and cry a little bit. Uwama is the same way. They've got elephants and bears and pandas and all these adorably cute animals. But they're always sold at shows and never online. So I'm, I'm always excited when Broke Piggy does some because it at least gives us a chance to get our hands on some of those custom pieces. Oh, my God. I think you will love this one then. Oh, goodness. Okay. I, I'm excited. I have a question. Yeah. Can, we've said Broke Piggy like 16 times now. Can you tell me what Broke Piggy is? What do you mean by what it is? Like, literally, what, what is a Broke Piggy? <laughs> no, no, no. The, like, your company. Broke Piggy, but what is Broke Piggy? Oh, yeah. So, actually, we all started um, a few years ago as, think of it like a... Uh, like a toy collective. So it was just a bunch of, you know, collectors who really love toys. And we just got together and we said, hey, we want to make toys that we want, like that we want to buy. And we want to work with some of our favorite artists to make that happen. And that's kind of how it all started. And so um, we like, you know, there, there was a very small group of us. We all sort of played different roles. 
Um, and so a lot of us just sort of reached out to different artists that, you know, we liked, you know, we liked, and that's how it all started. So for me personally, like, you know, I love Uamu. And so, um, for me, I sort of, I already had a relationship with the studio. And so when it came time to thinking about artists to, you know, for example, invite for the shard show or, you know, to create like a custom Uamu set, like it was you know, I could then just reach out and say, hi, like, what do you think of this idea? Like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's kind of how it all started. It wasn't, you know, wasn't more than that. We just wanted to make fun things. <laughs> how many, how many people is it? So the original number of people was actually five. And um, now it's kind of a mysterious number um, because we <laughs> sort of, we sort of grown in size. And so, um, and the, the the way we have sort of grown has, I guess, changed over time because instead of like having the same roles that we all started out with, we wanted to involve more people because the more people we involved and sort of the more projects we could fund, right, and work on. And also, you know, we found other people along the way that had similar interests. So I actually don't know what the current number is now because it's it's not like an official like, oh, it's just this number of people. It's people that sort of come in and out as they want. If that makes sense. Okay. We're like all like super consultants now, I guess. (laughs) Are you all like investors? I don't understand how it works exactly. Uh, Yeah. I mean, some of us are investors. Some aren't. Some are like more of like the like ideation team. Like it just kind of depends. Right. And a big part of it is we want to invest in things that we're interested in. So like, you know, maybe not everyone's interested in investing in all the things so that's kind of why we're sort of a fluid group because it's not like we all invest and all work on the same projects they're very cash very casual up in broke piggy she was the same with us last year when we were talking about broke piggy like very tight-lipped on what they are and who they are it's it's interesting to me because i think they've been around for like five or six years now and i i still don't really have a good sense of what broke piggy is (laughs) It's just a group of people like me who like toys who want to help make other toys. No, I get that. But why the mystery? Why not disclose like some of the other members involved? Why is it only Kat? I I know other members. I know some of them. They want the artist to shine, not them. Yeah. Okay. No, I get that. It's just interesting. Usually companies like to have a little bit of knowledge of who's involved or have a face to the collective brand company or whatever it is and broke pity is different they don't really want to be known for who they are and i get that I, well i i know some of the people in it because maybe it's because i'm a collector i don't know i mean but i know it's some it's uh, i don't know it, i get i kind of get what you're saying there's not like a one face to the company yeah and i think like you know we try not to take ourselves too seriously so you know that's why there's not like you know, faces per se. And I think kind of thinking about what George was saying, like, yeah, actually we want the the art itself, the toys, the artists, you know, whoever should showcase their talent, that's kind of what we want out there. And I think the people are sort of less, like the people behind the scenes are sort of less important. Right. And I get that. And that's totally commendable. But when I'm talking to someone on the show, I'm also very cognizant of what what are the listeners hearing and what are they going to want me to ask. And a lot of our listeners are 
up and coming or they're looking to ways how to get things developed or how to get into a custom show or when we have someone on that can help someone possibly get something made i feel like people are going to want to know like how do i who who do i approach or who's involved behind this company or how do i get my stuff in front of their eyes to get potentially a a custom in a custom show or a toy made oh so people want toys made like if Gary wants to get a broke piggy toy made, how does <laughs> George? No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I want at all. What I'm trying to say is, there's a lot of listeners who are trying to get their foot in the door. You know, it's probably not best to just go right out and go for a kid robot or an instinct toy or a big company. You got to be an established artist to do something like that. Maybe a collective like broke piggy is the way to get your foot in the door. And so what I'm trying to think is, you know, is broke piggy interested in being approached? Like, can someone send their stuff to you? And how do they do that? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, there's the website, there's the Instagram account, and actually, you know, they could just stop by and talk to us at Decon. <laughs> you know, it's it, the thing that's interesting about it, Gary, is that, as Kat says, the Broke Piggy started by a group of people wanting more made of the stuff they like. So their interests, their personal interests are going to drive what's made. So... What they, what I think, uh, someone out there, if they're interested and think, well, maybe Broke Piggy would pick me up, they should go out, explore the types of things Broke Piggy has made, and say, hey, am I a good fit based on these things that I've seen that they've produced or helped put together? Because if they go out there and look, there's obviously a certain direction of the types of things they make, and they do have some various things they've made and sold at Decon, but they don't do it all. So, I mean, I think as a artist, they could go there and look through their Instagram and what have you and get a feel for the types of things that they sell. And to be fair, the Instagram does say toys, prints, secrets. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of course. I should have gone there first because then I went and no one has to get into this whole secrecy thing. Like, shh, shh. Nobody gets to know us. Shh, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and they've only, I mean, it looks like they actually haven't been around as long as you think gary i think they started in 2015 so it's only been a couple years yeah i thought they were older than that for some reason okay no it says launching decon 2015 is their very first post cat am i wrong (laughs) oh man you see i have really bad memory when it comes to these things but that sounds actually right because yeah it hasn't been five or six years okay Um, my bad boom gary my bad i was wrong I got that knowledge. It's called, you know, just research. Look it up. Sorry. But really, I, do, I really, I think, at least for my memory's sake, Gary, where Broke Piggy started was Decon 2015, and that's when they did a bunch of stuff with the bots, and they had yes. that whole crossover series where these artists designed a ocean kind of base figure, but the bots basically created in their aesthetic all the different figures for the series based off other artists' designs. Maybe you should do Broke Piggy marketing, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes, hire her. Maybe. Hey, I, you you want to swoop me in the collective? Let me know. I'd be curious <laughs> to, to be a little bit more involved. I'm all for it. But I love that you remember. Yeah, this is all right. Like, yeah, back then, um, you know, we had uh, – we had, you know, the bots, you know, doing a lot of the custom creations and, you know, turning into something real, a lot of the designs that several different artists sort of submitted, right? And so, yeah, it was it was so interesting to have that because um, it, it was truly yeah. like multiple artists collaborating on like a single thing. That's pretty cool. 
Right. And it was crazy because they were all customs done by the bots and the customs, yeah. the bots worked through like a crap ton of customs to create this blind box series. So the amount of three inch dunnies I had to make must have been insane. And the reason I remember it so well is because I did not go. That was, I think I went to the, I can't remember if I went to Decon 2016 or yeah, 2016 was my first year. So I missed it, and I was so bummed because the series sold out. And so every now and again, I'll post in groups, hey, does anyone have a piece from this series they want to sell? Oh. So uh, I think that's why I remember it so much, because it's like, darn it, I really liked it. But um, but yeah, so that was when it all started, Gary. It was just a couple of years ago. and Okay, just for some reason in my mind, it seems older than that. 2015 just seems so recent. I mean, 2015 years actually lifetimes ago, right? In the like collecting scene, like think of all the stuff people have bought between then and now. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's forty. I guess it's four decons ago. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Well, um, before we switch topics, you know, it seems like decon is <laughs> not so much a focus for you, Cap. But I was curious. I mean, the, the designer con is going to be so different this year and I know you've been going to designer con for years and years and years yeah. you know what is your opinion on the whole Anaheim and all these new booth setups and all of that I mean are you are you nervous are you excited um I think I'm nervous about sort of as I mentioned earlier I don't really know Anaheim that well so I'm just nervous about that like you know like, you know, your, your creature comforts, like, you know, when you go to Comic-Con, you know exactly where the good and the bad food are. And, you you know, you kind of know how to navigate around. And um, I feel like with Decon, you're going to buy a lot of stuff. And so trying to carry all that stuff around and navigate back to wherever it is you're trying to get to, I think that part will be scary. Second is, I think, um, this year there's like a preview night, right? And so um, that's like a lot of extra work if you have a booth <laughs> <laughs> so that will be interesting um but you know i think beyond that um I, I don't know i think it'll be it'll be nice to see something different but i think part of me is like oh now that it's in anaheim it truly means it's not just like a small niche event you know now it's like the big leagues yeah, it's big. It's definitely big. I mean, when you look at the roster of booths and stuff, it's kind of, for me as a collector, it, overwhelming. It's like, oh my gosh, there's going to be so much there. And the the preview night piece, I don't know how you feel about it, Kat, but it makes me nervous in the sense of just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I got to get my game face on and how is it going to be? And, you know, Here I, I just. spreadsheets. Right? Like our, yes. our, our gosh, it's just prioritizing and it's it's hard because i had just started going to decon and it's kind of slowly like figuring it out like where you go and how you line up and where booths are set up and all that and now it's all new so it's like ah it's just it's stressful to not know what it's going to be like and you know how far away things are it's just it's going to be interesting but at the same time when you look at the the, the vast list of what all is going to be there it's also very exciting as well i mean have you perused all the various booths and events and stuff going on is there anything that gets you really excited of people who may never have attended before who are finally going to be there would you be shocked if i told you i haven't looked at the list <laughs> <laughs> 
Come on now. I know. I mean, I'm are... so disorganized this year. I, I like, I don't know what is happening, but I will be on my game when I show up. It's, I don't know. There's going to be a ton. I know one, one that Gary and I are both really excited about is how to work casting lung and oh they've my never, God, is he coming? Yes. <gasps> okay. I'm excited. So who else is on the list that would, Oh gosh. Now I'm going to have, and I can't go to the website. So Gary, you may have to help me out and pull up the list or George, since you're a little more involved, but I'm trying to think of people that you are really into that you would be excited about. I know that was a big one. I mean, honestly, uh, Teresa, it would be easier to rattle off the small list of people who aren't going to be there than name everyone who's going to be there because it's become such a big convention. So many international artists and companies may get to the event now. That's, it would be a very small list of, who, of who's not coming. I mean, there's a ton of Japanese artists coming out. Yeah, if you're right. collecting they, Sofubi now, that's, I mean, there's going to be tons yeah, of that for you. Yeah, tell me who. <laughs> I don't have internet, so sorry. I can't back you up on this. But definitely when you have a chance, the vendor link on the DesignerCon uh, site, and I don't know, there's a vendor map section. And it's, it's actually a really cool tool because you can search by artist name, search by booth number, zoom into the map, zoom out, kind of play around with it. It's really interactive. You should definitely go in and take a look because the list is insane. And this is a, this is another designer con commercial. Marsham Toy Hour is sponsored by 3D Retro. 3D Retro is ran by Ben Garescu, who also happens to run designer con. It's an amazing store. If you're in the Southern California, Burbank adjacent area. Be sure to stop in and check out the brick and mortar location. But otherwise, you can check out 3D Retro at 3DRetro.com. I'm trying to look at this now. It's it's nerve-wracking for me because, as again, as a collector, I know we have to prioritize. But with all these new booths coming and all and like everyone I see, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's like, I'm going to spend all my money. Gary, I need you to, like, police me. I'm going to go poor. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not going to happen. I live vicariously through you, so <laughs> buy away. Shop. Oh, my God. Did you guys see this? Andy Park Art is going to be there. Who is that? So Andy Park is, um, I forget what his, like, official title is, but he is, like, one of the creative directors for Marvel. So all the recent movies, like, you know, Avengers and all that, like, he did a lot of the concept art for it. Oh, cool. So that's amazing that he's going to be there. It sounds like Designer Con is getting closer to a Comic-Con. Yeah. I know. It surprises me that that, that, that kind of uh, person is going to have a booth there. Ooh, the refreshment toy will be back. Oh my god, there, there's there's gonna be a huge mob there. Yeah, the like I said, the the list is so long. I'm gonna have to really, for me, just to feel like I I have a plan, really cull through and sort of prioritize and figure it out. But again, like all decons, we we've seen a few inklings of reveals and releases, but not very many. And I get we're we're still at the beginning of October, so it's gonna be a bit, but. I'm just waiting for that influx of just news upon news. And that's when I'm really gonna, um, you know, toyism. I guess kind of have to figure things out. <laughs> what I want to do. Yeah. You know what? We should probably mention the rest of our sponsors. Though, so let's take a brief. We've already mentioned 3dretro.com. And honestly, before we get doing that, I want to thank our sponsors for their support because uh, we don't charge for this at all. So they're the ones that help pay for our monthly 
you know, hosting fees and, and all that sort of stuff. So thank you very much for your support. And as listeners, you know, we've never charged for, for this or anything. And we've been doing this two and a half years, almost weekly. So if you've enjoyed what we do, all we really ask is please help support our sponsors because, you know, they've been great to us. And so we would like you guys to be great to them. Um, also, so let's go ahead and mention them. So for all your toy wants, needs, and desires, be sure to check out, we've already mentioned, 3DRetro.com, but as well as StrangeCatToys.com. StrangeCat Toys has been with us pretty much since the beginning. They've been great uh, sponsors for us, and they have a great promotional code for, code for you. So if you're a fan of the show, use promo code MARSHAM at checkout, and you will receive 10% off your entire order. And Strange Cat Toys is also uh, available via an application, so be sure to download that in any one of your favorite application stores. And then to stay on top of all your latest and greatest designer toy news, be sure to like and follow Spanky Stokes at spankystokes.com, as well as The Toy Chronicle at thetoychronicle.com. And The Toy Chronicle is available via an application, so download that at any one of your favorite application stores. And we would like to congratulate The Toy Chronicle on celebrating their fifth year anniversary. I've been seeing lots of mentions about that in their Instagram feeds, and they got lots of merchandise to help celebrate, so uh, please help support them. All right, Kat, let's take a brief moment. Let's talk about you as an Android collector and your relationship with Andrew Bell because you're in a unique position as a collector. You've also worked with Andrew and had Androids produced based on your concepts or design. So this is called like the We Love Dog series, yeah? Yes. And this is your second one that you've done with him? Yes, it is. Now, I know you've told the story last time you are on, but can you refresh my memory and how you went from being a collector to now having two Android collectibles credited to you? Yeah, totally. So, um, I mean, part of it is Andrew's really nice <laughs> and approachable. So that definitely helps. Um, the other part is also, you know, Google has, you know, obviously Google and Andrew Bell work very closely together. And so um, there's kind of already like a precedent set for Googlers to work with Andrew on, you know, various like team specific Androids or, you know, event Androids, things like that. Like there was recently an Android that came out to um, celebrate security and privacy. Um, I think it was like week or month. I can't remember how long the time span is. Um, But it's like so that that pipeline is kind of already there. And, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasts at Google, both from like an Android collector Um, perspective but also from just like hobbies perspective and back then when I first made the first one with Andrew um, you know there's you know Googlers is what you call people who work at Google and then Googlers with dogs they call themselves Dooglers (laughs) and so um, there's quite a few of us Dooglers and all of us wanted to have something to you know kind of symbolize the group and have fun with it and so that's where the Doogler idea for the Android came up. And so that's sort of like, I, you know, I talked to Andrew, we talked about sort of like what the production minimums were, we like bounced ideas off of each other and talked about, oh, what kind of like fun things would there be? Um, I actually worked with the Doogler group um, to sort of crowdsource the funding for it because it wasn't like an official like Google event, right? It's just a okay. group of people who like dogs. Um, we had to sort of self pay. So it was almost like mini crowdsourcing Kickstarter, except you don't get like an extra goodie (laughs) you just get the toy and so that's kind of how it started and it like like grew beyond what i thought it was like you know it's been like what like two years maybe since that came out and i yeah i still get 
people emailing me, pinging me, asking for that first version. And so what ended up happening was a few months ago, people kept asking for that figure. And I was like, well, if people want it so badly, maybe we should start thinking about a second figure. And then separately, there's a group of Googlers who love cats. And so they're the Muglers. <laughs> yeah, we have very funny names. <laughs> And so um, they were saying, what about us? We want a cat too. And so um, what I then thought of was having like a dog and cat pairing because the last edition was a Googler with a dog. And so this time it would be a dog and a cat. And so, um, so I like talked to Andrew again. I said, hey, you know, people really want the first Googler, but rather than just remake the first one and have a, you know, second wave, which kind of makes it less fun for people who already were in the first wave. I said, let's just make another one and we'll add a cat. And he was like, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of how it started. And then um, we did the same thing with sort of, you know, the crowdsourcing, crowdfunding. Um, and this one, we got it. And actually, um, the dog and the cat is based off of my dog, Scooter. And the cat is based off the cat that I used to have, who's now living with a friend named Cheeseburger Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Good that's awesome so have those i saw the preview for them have they so i know last time with the original doogler set it started out as a thing at google but kind of grew and it, you all were kind of allowed to sell it outside of the employees so yes. i was able to get a set and i know other people in the community were is it going to be the same thing with this set where people at google will be able to get it but we can get it outside at like non-employees can get it as well? Yes. And actually, I think that link went live for the non-employees. So yes, we did release it internally first. And then um, and then we sold a small number on Andrew's site. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago. So oh, I, I missed know. it. I know. I don't know if it's still there, but don't worry about it. I have extras. <laughs> no, good to know. Man, so I, I didn't realize that it already went live. I've been really bad. I guess you did post about it back in mid-August, so that makes sense. Yeah. But it's super, super cute. Thanks. I'm actually really excited about it, and so I'm hoping that, you know, people, you know, are happy that there's both a dog and a cat. So I don't know what's next. If there is a next, I mean, maybe more more animals, like a sloth? I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Well, I feel like the Muglers, <laughs> maybe they'd want an all-cat set. Maybe they feel like, oh, you did a dog again and made us, like, the small one. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard yet. Um, instead, what I've been hearing is, like, other people want to make their own for, like, their own teams or their events. And so they've been, like, reaching out and asking me, how did you do it? Um, oh, and, okay. you know, I, I didn't want to forget how much work it was, uh, cause it was actually a lot of work. And so what I had done was I had actually written up an how to guide, um, for people within Google who wanted to, you know, do something similar. And so now when people ask, I just send them that link instead of like sort of repeating myself over and over. Oh, nice. Well, you know, it's so, you know, I, I know last time we, we talked about the Doogler, but really didn't have a chance to dig into the whole Android scene. And so, mm. you know, I've always wondered because there are still special edition Androids being made that are separate from what Andrew makes and sells on his store, right? Oh, For yeah. It. So like the one I mentioned earlier, uh, the security and privacy one, that one was definitely 
for um, internal employees as part of like, you know, security and privacy awareness. Um, there's actually a bunch of other ones that have come out recently. And so like some examples are, um, you know, and there's interns that come in intern season. And so if you host an intern, you get a special edition. If you are an intern, you get a special edition. So, you know, you can't get these like on his store or anything. You have to like actually work there and do those things to get one. Do you think that there's dunnies like that? Like there's like a, a dunny that you can only get if you work at Kid Robot or anything like that? Like would that would that make fans not want to collect things because there's ones you could never, ever get? Ooh, we should ask somebody. I don't know because what's interesting, George, is I know there's all these special edition androids out there and I don't know all the rules around a cat, but they're like I have seen them like sold. <laughs> like yeah so you, you know you're not supposed to sell them as employees and so um so if it's like a like one that you got you know at work um because of you know your participation on a team or something yeah those ones you definitely aren't supposed to sell um uh, but if if they're like just the general ones that sometimes you can buy as like an employee or something i think even those ones you can't okay i'll give you an example so if if we do like a bulk buy um those ones we can't sell either um but sometimes what happens is is you give them to friends and then once you give them to friends friends can do kind of whatever they want and so i think you know gotcha. sometimes friends just sell them um, but in general, like the Google employees that I know, they don't sell theirs. They just keep them. Um, but that's gotcha. also why those special editions that only employees get sometimes sell on, you know, eBay or wherever for really ridiculous prices because you can't find them otherwise. And so if you somehow end up seeing one out in the wild, then, you know, people go crazy over them. Right. I, I had a feeling it was more than likely supposed to be a you know, employee type thing. But I was just curious if, if there, there were rules and stuff around it. Um, but do yeah. most people, I mean, do you have a crazy large special edition Android collection then because I of work? Do. I do actually. Um, but you know, I have to say, even as an employee, like you don't get them all the time. And part of it is because if you're not on that team, it isn't just magically like come to you. Right. And so there are definitely a lot of special editions I don't have. So usually what ends up happening is if I want a special edition um, from some other team, a lot of times I have to trade for it. Um, and if I can't trade for it and I really, really want it, then that's when I myself might even go to eBay looking around for one. <laughs> but um, I try not to spend too much on these because sometimes people go out of control. Like I remember in the heyday of um, the collecting, um, like fire, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, there were some folks who were willing to pay a thousand dollars in Android. And what? at that point I was like, okay, this is too crazy. Um, because you know, like, I mean, they are really cool, but at that point that money doesn't go to Andrew or, you know, anybody. It just goes to some person, you know, that's crazy. Yeah. It is. It is kind of saddening to your point, George, the idea that all of these really special editions are made and you have to work at Google in order to get them. So if you're really into the, into the Android platform, you kind of just have to accept either go work at Google or just deal that you're not going to get your hands on any of these. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a horrible platform to collect. Like, I, it would drive <laughs> me insane. Like, I'm way too, like, I'm way too completist to even try that. 
That's yeah. <laughs> it is definitely not a completionist friendly platform. Like again, like, you know, I work at Google and I don't even have access to all of them. So I've given up being a completionist because otherwise it would drive me crazy, George. Crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while I'll be surprised because I'll see some amazing Android and I'm like, where's that from? And it'll be some like team that I have no contacts on. And I'm like, Oh, never mind. Bummer. See, it, it is fun though that you have toys tied into your work. I mean, I don't have anything fun that my job gives me. <laughs> I mean, you get, different... hotel, you get hotel gift cards. That's kind of cool. Yeah. See, I just need to. I need to go work for a company that makes cool stuff as work or worse. <laughs> that should be. That should be my requirement. I go in for an interview. I say, "What cool stuff do you give your employees when you reach certain goals?" <laughs> yes. And you're like dropping hints, right? Like you know, gold Rolex sounds kind of amazing. Yeah. One day. I just <laughs> not now. But <laughs> you know, speaking about Tokidoki and stuff and, and Androids and all that, um, one of the things that I know we talked about a bit last time was on your travels and stuff. Uh, you know, some of the fun things you would do with lotteries and and oh no, kind of <laughs> yeah. crazy cool ways to get pieces. But you know, one of the things that um, I don't know, I feel like the world of blind boxes is kind of evolving, and mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of curious what you think because. You know, for the longest time, I feel like here in the U.S., the blind boxes we would get is stuff from our scene, like Tokidoki, Kid Robot kind of stuff. But lately, I feel like there's been an influx of a lot of things overseas starting to come in and be sold here, like things like from Pop Mart or even like some of the Gachapon type of stuff where it's like a cute little, you know, animals that you can set on your glass. Like they can kind of hang on your glass and they're in like all sorts of different poses and stuff. I mean, do you, do you feel like that too? Do you feel like we're starting to get an influx of some of that line box influence from Asia and such slowly starting to get over here or from your experience, having been over there, do you feel like there's still a ton more over there that we don't see here at all? Hmm. So I would say from a blind box perspective, I would definitely say it's growing here. Um, But I think we still haven't quite reached the fervor of Asia only because, you know, blind box is, I guess, kind of a form of gambling in the sense like you don't know what you're going to get. But at the end of the day, um, there isn't. hmm, how How do you put it? There is a chase. And you hope to get the chase, but you're not always guaranteed the chase, right? Because sometimes even if you buy an entire case, there's one chase that's not there potentially, right? But I okay. think with um, with some of the lottery systems that we briefly talked about last time called Ichiban Kuji, um, for that one, you can kind of brute force your way to the grand prize by just buying all the tickets. <laughs> so like, you know, so you kind of... You kind of also know what's left because some of the stores will actually show you the remaining prizes, right? So I'll I'll give you a typical Ichiban Kuji scenario. So um, so I really love Rilakkuma. That's actually something I started collecting a lot of in the last year. I, I mean, I always had a collection, but it went off the rocker this year. But anyhow, so with one of these, they always have like the lower level prizes, which are things like, you know, notepads or pen sets, or sometimes they have really cool like ceramic plates and 
bowls and cups with like, you know, Rilakkuma running around. And for people on, you know, who are listening to this, who don't know what Rilakkuma is, it's this lazy bear. Uh, that's a Sanex character. Um, and he like eats food and sits around and stuff. But anyhow, um, so, uh, so yeah, so you got the kind of the, the lower level, less desirable prizes, and then it just sort of goes up from there. Right. So then you start getting like large plushes. So these plushes are, I'm looking at my plushes to estimate size, like maybe almost two feet tall. Oh, so these are large, right? So these are the kind of things that you win out of like those claw machines, except in this one, you don't have to do the claw machine. You just hopefully buy the ticket that is the one for it. And these tickets have different letters on it. So generally, you know, prize A and prize B and prize C are like the highly desirable, very large plushes. And then D and below are all the random other stuff. Um, and sometimes the large prizes are things like toasters or... Um, humidifiers, <laughs> like random electronics. But the thing is, is that like the grand grand prize doesn't have a ticket. The grand prize you can only get if you also happen to buy the last ticket. And so the grand prize tends to be an even larger plush or, you know, a cooking pot or something. These are all things I've won, by the way. And so what you can do is you can just go to the store as people win the prizes, they'll take them down off of the wall and they'll leave the rest on there. So you know exactly what's left and how many tickets are left. And you can just say, you know what, there's 12 tickets. I'm going to buy all 12 tickets and win the grand prize. That is a concept that we don't have for blind boxes because you don't, you only see the closed boxes. So you have no idea what's left there. And there's no like extra special chase that you get if you buy all the boxes on the, you know, on the set. Yeah. No, it's really interesting. That's a good comparison. But there's also the whole gotcha pun system too, right? And is that more of a com better comparison of what we think of as blind boxes here? I mean, because those are just, instead of going into a store and perusing boxes and picking a box out of a case, I know it's a little different because there's these like machine setups just lined up down these various stores. But it's the same idea, right, where it's more of a true blind situation because yes. you're right. just putting a coin in turning it and hoping you get one you want yep and in some cases the like little plastic balls are open so you can see what it is as soon as it rolls out of the chute but you can't pre-pick it and sometimes they even have those covered up as well and so it's truly really blind because then if you peek inside you you don't see any balls with stuff in it you know what i mean you just see yeah. like it's just all opaque. So, yeah. So I think that's much more like a blind box than maybe those like ticket lotteries are. But the ticket lotteries are really fun. I saw somebody win a Sanrio luggage in front of me and I was so disappointed because I wanted the luggage. It's like, like a carry-on luggage. Oh, wow. What company do you guys think is doing blind boxes the best? Like who has the best like approach to blind boxes, do you think? Hmm. I mean, if you think about it, cat just like to throw some names out there right we've got mm -hmm. kid robot tokidoki medicom pop mart i think has become at least for me just because that i've been able to buy more from them recently like the pucky pool babies and the mollies the, the kenny wong blind box series what else has pop mart done if you had to give I an award to someone for best blind box producer of 2018 who are you giving it to Man, this is hard. Who would you pick, Kat? So I would probably pick something that 
we probably don't talk about on the show very often or in general, but I'd probably pick the Remint sets that come out of Japan. So these are the ones where they're like tiny foods. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yep. I've heard of Remint. Yeah. So those mainly because the, I guess, playability for lack of a better phrase, the playability of that is really high and um, it's, it's still a blind box. You don't know what you're going to get, but each one comes with like three, four, five, even six, very small, very well detailed pieces. And you can combine them with remit from other, you know, characters or whatever to create like entire scenes. And that I think is really cool. And it kind of appeals to both collectors who, you know, have whole entire Instagram accounts dedicated to just making different scenes with it to like, you know, just random casual collectors. I just got my power back. Yay. Sorry. <laughs> All the lights in my house just came on at once. Yeah, anyway, really sorry. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> actually, going back, I don't think I know what sorry. remints are. I, maybe it's just something that I haven't yeah. paid much attention to. Oh, R-E-M-E-N-T? Yes. I think once you look it up, you'll be like, oh, you'll know exactly what it is. You don't see a ton of them over here, Gary. I mean, you can get them. But um, a lot it's of times I'll see them where they're, where they're themed, like Hello Kitty remint sets or Rilakkuma. Or if you shop uh, like, at that box lunch store or whatever it's called, the Hot Topic for adults, it's uh, they have them there. They have a ton of them. Okay, I'm yeah. looking at it now on uh, Amazon, and yeah, this is the first time I'm really seeing this sort of stuff. Oh man, oh, really? it is it is an adventure all on its own, and I feel like you know this is an early like I mean these things came out many many years ago, and you know they just sort of continued on, and I feel like. Um, they're a little bit almost like OG blind boxes, but like more mass market than maybe like some of the designer toys were at first. Gary, you got to find yourself a remit skeleton. The, the skeleton sets are so cool. Huh. Okay, let me look that up. There's always links on my Instagram coming up for like buying remit stuff. I, it must be what I search a lot, but <laughs> I, I get I get ads for those on Instagram all the time. I've not heard of the skeleton ones. What are those, George? Oh, they're just amazing little posable skeletons. There's a little dog. There's like a little, little like small skeleton, like a kid skeleton, an adult skeleton. There's so many cool ones. And they have tons of like accessories and like chairs and a toilet and like all these different things just for the skeleton sets. I love that you know this, George. Oh, I'm a big Remed fan. I love all the little tiny foods. I got a little uh, Gudetama french souffle sitting right next to me, right next to me on the show yes you know i'm looking at the remand post skeletons now and yeah they're actually pretty cool looking they're they look very articulated i'm seeing them in a bunch of different poses like holding chalk and doing wrestling moves and all sorts of stuff they're really cool if you don't have any you should definitely like at least pick up one of the skeletons just to check them out and you'll like you'll be you'll be happy with it they're really cool little pieces and i also believe the dke or uh, dispersed uh sells remint as well they might even have the skeleton stuff yeah but we can't buy from dispersed but you can hit up your local favorite retailer and ask them to buy it for you there you go it's support your local stores shop small this is great there's one of a skeleton puking into a toilet <laughs> i'm going to the bathroom on toilet 
Do you all buy a lot of blind boxes still? I know I've very, I've totally slowed down. I've been collecting since 2003, and I've probably lost hundreds of dollars on trying to get the toys I actually want out of a blind box series, and very rarely has that panned out. So I've I've slowed down for that reason. I've been tr- mainly buying my blind box toys either open box or on the secondary market. But are you guys still buying a lot of like blind boxes as they initially come out? I still buy them, but I think nowadays when I buy them, it's actually to support the store that I'm buying it from versus me actually wanting them. Okay. I, I won't lie. I've done that a little bit. I, I don't know. It's kind of a mix. I do think it's died down a bit for me, but it just depends on the series. I mean, you think about the Pucky Pool Babies, Gary. I went all in on those. I mean, it's yeah. Just, I know. I was there. It, I saw the whole thing. And you're very much different than me, though. You, you it doesn't phase you to drop 150, 200 bucks on an entire series if you like it. And I'm just different in that way. I would actually, yeah. I only want the ones that I would actually want to pay money for, even though that was all of them were very similar looking and they're all by the same artist. You would think you would, they would all be great, but still, there's still only certain ones that I want. I'm not a entire series kind of guy, so. In that regard, we're different, but I understand why you buy things that way. But what about the series where you only like one or two or maybe a handful of pieces out of 16? I mean, I'm, I think in that case when I've only, I'm only really after a few, I tend to not take the gamble and try to find an open version to either buy from a collector or on eBay just yeah. to save myself the hassle of going through that craziness. But it, so like, but then if it's a series where I like the majority, I'll take a gamble. So like from fluffy house, they're doing all those various uh, series. Now they're on series three, I think. And they're doing a cooking series right now. So it's all their different characters in like a restaurant. And I looked at that series and I thought, you know what? I like a lot of these for kicks. I'm just going to buy one. Like I, I don't, I'm not, picky i just want one of them i kind of have favorites but like i think i'll be happy overall no matter what i get so like there are still cases where i'll pick up a random blind box because it's fun i mean there's there's still something fun at least for me to not knowing what you're gonna get like it kind of kills the fun a little bit when you just go out and know what you're gonna get like okay i want i want that design are you selling it okay cool i'll just buy it yeah, I still enjoy blind boxes for that reason. I'll buy those like the Tokidoki sushi cars and some stuff where I I feel like I like the majority of them, like you said. But I feel like blind boxes they're not really all that affordable anymore. Lots of them start at twelve dollars to fifteen, and when I first started collecting in two thousand three, they were ranging between five and eight. So. So for me, once they started going over $10, that's when I became really more hesitant and taking that blind box gamble still. I still do it occasionally, but not nearly as much as I was doing it when it was $10 and under. Yeah, I mean, this is probably more, it's a budget thing. I don't know how you feel, Kat. If it started getting in like the $20 range, yeah, I'm going to definitely start to change my ways probably, but I don't know. I wasn't really around when they were 5 to 8, so... It's a little more norm for me. I'm willing to take a gamble on 12 bucks every now and again, <laughs> just for the fun of it. <laughs> you're a high roller, though. <laughs> you and Kat, I mean, you're both like high you rollers. Look- you guys are out of my league. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if your cat's over there, cat's over there walking into store saying, "Oh, you got twenty tickets left to get that luggage set? Sure, I'll buy all twenty tickets." Oh, but that's totally worth it. And by the 
by the way, those tickets are like five dollars. <laughs> yeah, so see, they're not that bad. You know that when I think back to the gotcha puns, I almost think they're worse than blind boxes in some ways because I know while they're cheaper, as Kat was saying, like these machines, you have no choice. Like there is no case set up at a retailer where they have an open one you can swap for or uh, i mean they, they i don't know maybe they have communities out there i don't know about but i mean i feel like it's almost worse because if you like a very specific one and there's 12 to get i could see me just turning and turning and turning and turning and because i don't really know if you have a choice i mean do they cat oh, is there any way to get open scott ones? and i scott and i s- sat there and did that many many times uh, right yeah, when we were there, we would just sit there and be like, no, we want to get this one, certain one. But then you do find, like, if you go to some of those uh, larger stores, like those larger areas that have the toys and everything, there'll be whole shops that are just selling open ones. But they okay. cost more. Yeah, they do. Like, sometimes the one that you want will be the more expensive one in the set because yeah. it'll be the chase one. So, like, that, like, but you can end up, you know, you'll spend 12 on it instead of five at the machine. But then how many times are you going to put five in the machine before right. you get the one you want anyway? So sometimes it works out. And sometimes, I mean, those shops, though, they have old sets. So there's stuff that you don't even see in machines anymore that you're like, oh, I want a bunch of these from this set. And you couldn't even, you wouldn't even be able to get it anymore. Yeah, that's true. I, I wish we had those. I wish that that whole culture would here. Like even like women's like makeup stores had a gotcha ball machine in the front. Like, and you just, there's like little toy makeup things or like little toy, like one, of, I think one I got was like a polar bear with like a little handbag or something like that. It was like, That's amazing. yeah, and they're just so cool. And you just walk past, you're like, of course, here's this change in my pocket. That's, I don't know how much it is because I'm here and I don't care. And it's, you just <laughs> pop it in and you're just buying it. So like, I mean, maybe if we had more like dollar coins the way they do, like maybe it would be easier here, but like. It's so cool to be able to go to like every store and they have gotcha machines. Yeah, it's it's kind of like candy machines, although I don't know how many uh, they kind of used to be around and then I don't know. I don't think people use them as much, but it reminds me of that. And that's what I've heard too, George, is that they're just everywhere. I mean, there's some stores dedicated to it where it's just rows and rows and rows of machines. And then like to your point, there's just random shops that have them or they're sitting outside a shop or whatever. Just everywhere yeah. you turn. Like they're those stores that have it, like those don't even feel they're they're not even like good to go in. Like they don't feel as fun as when you just see it like in the subway or like at a random like store that just has a random one. Because like you go to those the, you go to those stores that are just the machines and like you kind of know it's like going to an arcade. You know what you're there for. I like the ones that are just random and you're walking by and you're like, what's in these four machines? And yeah. You, like of course you're gonna buy stuff and get random weird things. That's how I got so many tiny toys to bring home with me. Did you find the banana bird? Uh, no, I haven't gotten the banana bird yet. What the heck is the gotcha. banana bird? Okay, just search just search hashtag banana bird on Instagram. Um, you'll actually have you'll see real birds. But if you scroll through, you'll see some of the gashapon that are banana birds, and they are picture a peeled banana, but instead of banana, it's like a bird sitting in the peel. With little bird feet come out of it. The oh, cutest thing. Those are so cute. I want them so bad. And again, like, George, it kills me that they don't, like, that those kind of things haven't brought here. And God knows how many there are. Like, how many 
Gajapons there are in existence, how many series have been made and all that kind of stuff. And I, like I said, I'm slowly seeing different retailers carry snippets of them, like cats and tissue boxes and all of that. But there's so much more out there. And, like, that's one that I saw. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just want banana birds. Like, <laughs> there, when, I, when I was there a couple years ago, there were so many banana ones. Like, there was, like, a whole series of banana at the time. So, like, they didn't have the banana bird. But there was other, like, other different banana ones that were just as funny. Maybe bananas were a thing for a bit. They like yeah, food, you know too. I love banana. Oh, no, I love this <laughs> banana bird. First time seeing it. It's awesome. Isn't it awesome? It's like the and there's little baby versions and they've made cockatoo versions and parrot versions. So if anyone out there is selling banana bird gotcha ponds, let me know because I want. Maybe but there's some Japanese dudes will bring some this time. Oh my gosh. Yeah, well maybe I mean maybe there will be some at Designer Con, who knows? But it's there's a whole culture for sure of that that I, I think we're missing on. And I'm sure there are plenty more out there that I'd fall in love with. That one I just happened to randomly come across through some kind of random searching. And I was like, well, that's awesome. But the if you were to go out on eBay or Google Gachapon, I mean, the the list and the amount and the variety is just insane. I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah, that's definitely something that you kind of have to be very specific about what you want otherwise it's super overwhelming did i talk to you guys about neko atsume last time i was on here i can't remember okay so neko atsume is this like mobile app where you basically collect cats <laughs> so the the, the whole oh thing, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay yeah and so um they got super popular and so they ended up licensing a whole bunch of gacha ponds and so those drove me crazy because they were everywhere and they had multiple series of that. And so that ended up having to be very specific because when I found them in Japan, um, I would be one of those people who just kept rolling and turning for more of them. And then finally I got fed up and I started buying them on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you even, you know, thinking about, I know we've talked a lot about on the show previously about my um, desire to keep slime box boxes around for gotcha ponds and the little plastic you know uh they're like easter eggs really right like they're little two plastic semicircles that click together typically yeah they're balls you... sizes yeah okay but i mean do you all do you equate that cat to uh packaging and keep <laughs> like boxes of little gotcha pond. Yeah, I actually throw those away um, because okay. there's just no good way to store them. Um, and also, it feels to me that the people who buy these from you don't really care if you have them. Oh, Teresa would. I don't know because this isn't like a designed package, Gary. I mean, it's just a plastic shell. Now, in, in it, there's sometimes usually like a slip of paper that kind of explains the series, and I like seeing those. But I don't know. I mean, I, I could see me bending a bit on this. I have I won't lie. All of the vinyl artist gotcha I've bought that come in those, you know, plastic circles, cases or whatever, I've kept. <laughs> but I don't know. I could see me tossing them. I could see me, me making a, an exception for these. Luckily, for me, when I was coming back, I didn't have the room for them all. So I had to throw a lot of them, but I kept like one of each size because I'm stupid. 
Did you make a little Russian nesting doll out of them, George? Uh, actually, they still have their things in them because I still haven't unpacked that bag of tiny stuff. Jeez. Oh, man. I want to know. Well, I know we were talking, uh, not last time, but a previous episode about all the stuff you bought. And I want to see your your haul. So now I know what I want to know all the gush upon you bought. I'd love I, I, to get it out of the bag and, like, take a big picture of it all and post it or something. Yeah. I... I don't know. I just, I, I just have a feeling if one of these days I travel overseas, it's just going to be dangerous for me in oh, many regards. Oh, it's going to be so dangerous, Teresa. You're going to buy everything. I just, I don't know, man. But it'll well, be it's like, so worth it. And then you'll tell me about all the lotteries that you win, and I'll be so proud. <laughs> well, and all, I think we just lost George, Gary. Oh no! Did we? I he just said George Gaspar left. I don't. Oh. I know. Originally, I thought it was me, but maybe Skype's just being all a messed jerk. Up. No, just Skype's being a jerk because this this is getting ridiculous. I apologize, Kat. This is not something that we usually things run pretty smoothly. Technical difficulties is something that rarely seems to happen, but tonight we're experiencing it in full force. And I thought it was just related to Teresa's power outage. And I'm I'm going to end up cleaning this all up. And listeners, if you're hearing this, what you don't know is we Teresa's already dropped off the call three times tonight, and now it seems like we lost George. So. I'll end up cleaning most of it up and edit, but given that we're already recorded like an hour, 15 hour and 20 minutes, and we're still having technical difficulties, rather than going on and, and doing more, how about we just call the night and wrap this up? Yeah. But Kat, I do appreciate you coming back on with us. It's been fun talking to you again. Yeah, it's been great talking with you all. Thanks so much for having me again. This was fun. Yeah, we'll see you in a couple of yeah. weeks at DesignerCon, if you better oh be gosh. there. yes. I, Start looking into your hotels and stuff now. I should. <laughs> yes. And I do appreciate you coming on last minute. We were kind of uh, struggling a little bit to figure out what we were going to do. So, yeah, no worries. So, so yeah, um, I guess I can do the – I should have done the intro, Gary. I'm sorry. I failed. But, um, yeah, so uh, to wrap up, Kat, do you want to give us uh, – let our lips – oh, my gosh. Let the <laughs> listeners know – Stop! I'm trying so hard here. I hate this stuff. But um, Kat, if you want, take a second and let the listeners know where they can find you. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at MrBear04. Mr. is spelled out. And for those who are listening to the whole thing, you'll know Mr. Bear is actually for Rila Kuma. And if you want to see more of any of the Broke Piggy uh, sneak peeks, uh, follow Broke Piggy on Instagram. The handle is Broke Piggy. I'm curious. Do you remember what the website is? Well, now I, I do. do. It's brokepiggyinc.com. Oh, you did remember. Woo! <laughs> Take that, Gary. All right, Gary, go ahead. Do you and George. Okay, so I'll do, I'll do George for us. George, you can find him on Instagram at Double G Toys. George has also started a new Instagram account for his enamel pin division, so he'll help you out. He'll help you produce uh, enamel pins if you need help. He's not going to help pay for them, but if you have the money, he'll, he'll guide <laughs> you along the way. And you can find that at DXGX Pins on Instagram. Otherwise, I'm Gary Ham. You can find me at Gary Ham on Instagram or superham.com. And I am Teresa Hawkins. If you want, find me on Instagram at tmhawk24. This has been the Marsham Toy Hour. We do this every week, not because we have to, but because we want to. Woo! So, in our, uh, oh gosh, so until our next transmission, we are signing off. Bye. 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 Bye.